Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor, and then you decide for yourself. to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. I have two very special guests with me. Both are returning guests. But for the new listeners, we'll start with you, Miss Shannon. Tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Hey, everybody. Janet, thank you so much for having me. I am Shannon Jay, and I am a traditional naturopath. Um, I run Creative Light Wellness. And I am just all things natural, natural wellness. So um, you can find me at Creative Light 16 on Instagram or Facebook. And I just basically do a lot of consultations, massage therapy, a lot of emotional therapy work, um, and anything along the natural wellness spectrum. Fantastic. And Miss Ellie, tell the listeners about you. So I'm Ellie or One Thumb L. I do not have a thumb on my left hand, which is where my self-described nicknames comes from. I have a bachelor's in cellular and molecular biology, a master's in infectious diseases and microbiology. And I left Big Pharma because I realized that they don't do science with an S, they do science with a dollar sign. And Miss Shannon, um, listeners about campfire blend coffee yes um in addition to my natural wellness business i own a coffee business called campfire blend coffee and i make whiskey coffee so i age the the coffee beans in a whiskey barrel and so i don't add any artificial flavorings or anything like that it's true whiskey and it's not alcoholic it's legal day drinking as i like to call it but you definitely get the flavor of whiskey with that coffee and then i have a regular medium bodied roast a dark roast and a decaf so um, you can find that at campfireblend.com and the meat rub don't forget the meat rub oh i always forget the meat rub i have a whiskey coffee meat rub <laughs> and it is actually fantastic all kinds of protein, any meats, and actually mm -hmm. sprinkle it on salad occasionally because I just crave it. It's really good. Yeah, it is very good. So today we're going to uh, get into the business of soy and also vitamin D. This episode is for a listener. Our good friend Amit um, sent in the request show soy today. So that's what we're going to do. So uh, we'll start with Miss Ellie. Tell us, tell us a little something about soy. So I saw this thing about a mom was going and doing, having food tests for her kid. And they tested soy and a bunch of other things. And then she ended up asking the doctor, well, are you testing a regular soybean or are you testing a genetically modified glycophosphate sprayed soybean? And the doctor was like, well, I, I don't really know. 
So is your kid actually allergic to soy? Or are they allergic to Roundup because of Monsanto that sprays everything? Mm-hmm. That's so a, and that's like a that very good point. Yeah. So, Miss yeah, Shannon, you, let's go to you. Yeah. So, um, I a hundred percent agree with uh, what she said because, um, you know, we have a genetically modified diet right now, and it's very telling when the standard American diets acronym is SAD. Um, you know, and you can, you can kind of take this way back to the food pyramid. Um, that food pyramid was created to fatten cows that, that food pyramid mm -hmm. not created for human consumption. So when you're looking at how they built that food pyramid, it's based on the industries of dairy, soy, and wheat, excuse me, dairy, corn, and wheat. And, um, it's all about, like Ellie said before the dollar sign. And so um, they started to genetically modify foods and then spray Roundup everything. It's very difficult to tell the difference um, unless you do your research and you really take a look at it. But you really want to find a non-genetically modified soy if you're going to have soy. So this is not an all or nothing thing. Um, there are good versions of soy, but there's a lot of different varietals and things like that. And we can get into that here in a bit. Um, but mm -hmm. soy in and of itself is a hormone disruptor. And it's because of the isoflavones, flavonase, flavones. I don't exactly know how to pronounce that. Maybe I'll let you. Isoflavonoids. Um, <laughs> yep. Well, it's flavones is how they pronounce or what how it says it in the research. But Either way, it actually mimics a human estrogen. And so it's a very light version of human estrogen. So basically, the more soy we consume, we're kind of making ourselves a little bit more estrogen dominant. Um, and then you add on to that the genetically modified or the Roundup induced soy, and it just completely throws your body out of whack. And then you end up with thyroid conditions and a lot of, a lot of different bodily functions just start to go awry at that point. Yeah, and 100%. I'm very interested that they um, have spent um, saturating the market with soy. And it's not just in food products. It's other products that we use um, for consumption or cosmetics or, you know, a lot of different things. Products have soy in them. And the one thing um, that it's marketed as right now is Roundup Ready. And so is they have genetically altered the seed itself to be resistant to um, Roundup actually killing it once it grows. But unfortunately, Roundup to spray their crops, uh, it's not going to kill it. But the, the skin and the shell on the soybean actually absorbs all of that Roundup. So um, fermentation does not get rid of um, the glycophosphate in, in the Roundup and, and carcinogen. Yeah, I mean, they've, the government has been sued. Uh, Monsanto has been sued how many times now for uh, Roundup being a cancer causing agent. I'm surprised they're still in business with how much they've been sued over all of that. And it just, but you know, you're fighting the governmental beast. And so they will have unending supplies of money to fight those things. And then you, you even look one step further and look at who and how much of the land that they're purchasing in the United States to continue controlling that. 
And, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that I feel is one of the big things that we're fighting today is the farmland, the farmers, like we, we really need to kind of take that back for them. They were screwed in the eighties, uh, by our government and they just kind of continue to have things taken from them. And now the government is getting control of hundreds of thousands of acres of land. Um, and I just recently watched a uh, gentleman speak about what the plan is going down the road, like, you know, their, their 2030 plan and not to completely get too you know, global elite on everybody, but um, there is a plan to basically isolate us into main areas and not allow us to live in the areas that they have taken over. And they want to shut all of that down so that there's no farmland left so that they can control mm -hmm. what we're fed how we're fed. And you look at some of the things they're doing, like creating meat, um, like fake meat. And they're, they're trying to get people to eat that and feel like, oh, it's not an animal. So it's okay. Um, it's not real food. I mean, it, this is a huge issue. It's a huge concern. And if we don't start waking up, we're going to be, we're going to have some major issues with, with the plan. So, I mean, we have to not only be smart enough to know what they're doing today and how to make proper choices, but we need to look at what the future holds for us too. Absolutely. And Janet was talking about, uh, you know, hidden places that soy is hydrolyzed wheat or yeast is commonly found in natural flavoring and natural flavoring can literally be anything. And obviously if it's a natural flavoring, it's not real, even though it says natural. And so that soy is being hidden in too. And so almost every processed food, heck a lot of orange juice has natural flavoring. So how, I feel like we're consuming so much more soy than we actually realize. Yeah. And that's one of the things um, uh, with the new government regulations where it took effect actually January of this year, they had to do new product labeling that says um, whether a product is GMO or not. However, there are lots in that particular uh, packaging law that they put into place because if the employer doesn't have, you know, a certain number of employees, they're exempt. Or if the product has, you know, like a percentage that's just a tick below what, what it says uh, for genetically modified, then they don't have to label it as, as genetically modified. Um, they're exempted from that. There's so many different loopholes that all of these companies that put and everything are going through. So well, when you're not, um, <laughs> we all talked at once. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Miss Ellie. I would say, isn't it the getting rid of the GMO label and now it's like bioengineered and, but in, the Europe or UK or something now it's reversed where it used to be bioengineered now to GMO. So like no one really knows it's not standardized and they all mean different things in different places now. Right. Keep everyone confused. Yeah. So Michelle, yeah, and what I was going to say, I was just going to piggyback on what you said, you know, um, the wonderful FDA, they actually allow people to put 100% organic or pure on a label if there's at least 3% organic materials in it. That's a big variance. I mean, that's really, mm -hmm. you know, so personally, I don't care if a bottle or a label says FDA approved. And more often than not, if it says this has not been approved by the FDA, I'm going to I'm going to use it. That's what you want to buy. 
Yep. That's exactly what I, that's the first thing that I go to. And I know that sounds really counterintuitive, but when you learn their trick and you learn the playbook, then that's exactly where I go first because they haven't touched it yet. And then the second that something right. becomes quite popular, they'll try to destroy it so that we can't have it. You know, magnesium was one mm -hmm. of those things. They started setting fire to all sorts of magnesium bushes and everything because that was one of the things people were really going to um, at one point during the whole COVID thing. Um, and so we just have to be really, really knowledgeable about what these government agencies are going to do. And then I was also going to just add that the, the hidden soys that they put into products, oftentimes it hides in the things that they say are natural and have partially organic ingredients in them. And it's a mm -hmm. preservative. They do it as a preservative, like an isolate and, and the right. hydrogenized kind of soybean oil or stay away from that stuff. That That is no bueno. And so that's another version. And then they like by, um, they'll take something like hydrogenated soybean oil and they're going to change the name once we all figure out that that's not good. They're going to change the name a little bit on, on it so that you get confused and you're like, oh, this doesn't have the hydrogenated soybean oil in it, but it has this. So that's different. It's got to be better when they just change the name. So you really have to do your research and make sure that the products that you consume is 100% pure and not FDA approved. <laughs> Yeah, I looked right, up. And um, sorry, there's a lag, Janet. I'm sorry. No, I, I I googled you know different ways soy can be labeled on an ingredient label, and there's over a hundred different uh, variations. Some of them were obvious, and mm -hmm. some of them not so obvious. Yeah, and you know what I was gonna say is it reminds me of the pharmaceutical industry and how they relabel or uh, rebrand an additive or, you know, an ingredient in the vaccines or, you know, in medications or anything like that. And they've done that throughout history where, you know, like they, they say they took mercury out, but they renamed mercury something else to thimerosal and it is still mercury. It's the same thing. And they're like, oh, no, it's not. It's completely different now. It's not that. Yes, it is. And so they're doing it with the food industry as well. And think about, um, like I mentioned, um, the fake burgers, you know, and the fake meats that they're putting out. Um, number one, what are those actually made of? Because, you know, that they've talked about for a long time with uh, Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum and multiple other places where they want us to eat insects. Is that what they're making meats out of? Kind of makes you wonder. <laughs> Do you want a bug burger? <laughs> no. I won't touch <laughs> that stuff. There's you can't you can't grow meat and and get me to eat it. I mean, there's no way yeah, no. <laughs> unless you're growing it in the cow shape. If it's a cow, I will, if you grow cows and then, you know, then I will eat them. But <laughs> no, I actually just bought a portion of a cow this year that was hundred percent grass fed. It was a friend of mine and um, uh, it was one of his first cows that he had, but they, it was, he literally didn't grain finish it or anything. So this cow only had grass from the fields. Um, he even paid attention to how they killed that cow and made sure that she was not under any kind of stress when they killed her, because that can kind of put 
um, you know, a certain taste or chemical home, home, right. what am I trying to say? Organic chemical into the meat. Um, so mm -hmm. I mean, every step of the way, it was like completely thoughtful about how, um, how that happened. And so, and that's probably the best meat that I have ever had. It's fantastic. And I, I highly recommend if you can get a hold of grass fed beef that you buy a portion of a cow and just get a freezer chest and, and, you know, use that. And really, I mean, here's the natural side of me. We shouldn't be eating red meat every single day anyway, as it is. I'm a Montana girl. I mean, I would, I would eat red meat every day. Um, but really once or twice a month is about all that we should be eating red meat, but definitely not the kind that's grown. We don't want to eat that in a lab. <laughs> you don't want to eat meat that has um, red food coloring in it that comes from coaching. Red number books. five. <laughs> yep. Yum, yum, yum. There's been a few times that, um, you know, typically we buy, you know, the grass fed from a local farm and things like that. But there's been a couple of times where um, we've been in a pinch and we've had to go to the local grocery store to buy ground beef. And we try to pick, you know, the organic grass fed while we're there and we go to the store, we get it, we come home. So maybe 10, 15 minutes max of from picking up at the store to coming home and we'll, cause we need it that day for burgers or whatever. And we open up the package and every single package for the past year and a half, almost two years, basically since COVID started has been rotten. Every single one. It looks fine. And then we notice too, some of them start to like bubble. Mm -hmm. And it would be every package. It didn't matter what store. Mm -hmm. And so now, like, I'm like, I don't care if we don't have beef in the house because until we can get it from a reputable source, because I, I, I'm sick of going back to the grocery store and saying, hey, your meat's bad. Yeah, we've had we found chicken that way where the even ground chicken or ground turkey where the package is really bubbled up. And I'm like, Ooh, that's a stay away from that. Mm -hmm. the <laughs> There's a lot of stuff meat. going on in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you have that much gas in the package and imagine what's going to be in your stomach later on. Yeah. And, and on that note too, I actually just had a client whose son is allergic to chicken meat and turkey, the poultry's. And it kind of makes you wonder if the off gassing and the stuff that happens isn't creating more allergies in people or like um, causing them to worsen. I know there's varying theories of thought mm -hmm. on that, but um, you know, back in my day when I was younger, like nobody was allergic to chicken. I mean, that, that was just odd. And especially free range chicken, if people were killing the chickens themselves and everything there, there was no allergy to that um, because they were not given any antibiotics. They ate the worms and the bugs in the ground, which I know that sounds disgusting, but that's free range. Like that's what it is. Um, and it mm -hmm. kind of just makes you wonder how that is complicating the allergy issues that people are having. And then that translates, well, everything starts in the gut, every kind of disease, um, allergies, whatever, everything actually starts in the gut. Um, and so it, it just really is a gut health thing. But it, when we don't have good quality foods, that's deteriorating what our guts can handle. And then you look at, I, I'm, I'm not trying to go there to and say like the stuff that's in vaccines have weakened people's systems and have caused additional allergies to things like that. Just really wacky things. So um, I just feel like if unless you're completely organic and home range and whatever you want to call it, it, you know, there's there's any myriad of things that can happen to a person's gut. So that's why we need 
focus on strengthening that and our immune systems and taking really good care of that at all times. So there was, um, I don't know if you guys ever watched it. It was a um, movie that was done. I think the guy's last name was Spurlock called Super Size Me. And it was mm -hmm. about McDonald's. Okay. And that was yep. a long time ago. Um, he actually did on chickens and how loosely the federal guidelines are um, as free range. Um, and so he did this whole show about raising, raising chickens and, you know, they were feeding them like tons of soy products and what made them qualify as free range. Um, they built this little round area uh, of the, the barn outside and it was like just this half oval shape um and it was maybe four foot deep as long as that opening was there at the barn they could consider them free range under the federal guidelines and it was supposed to be they were also considered organic but they were feeding them tons of soy and they were growing so large so fast that they were dropping dead of heart attacks um, or they were having strokes or break because um, the soy does things to your bones as well because it's estrogen laden. Um, and so it's like their legs were breaking off and then the chickens, you know, would like fall to the ground and, and, and couldn't move anymore. It was a very interesting documentary about mostly the guidelines are, and, and that goes back to bullying too and how loose those guidelines are as well. So you really don't know what the hell you're getting unless, you know, you grow it yourself or do it yourself. And that's providing that, uh, like if you buy seeds and you, you're supposed to buy heirlooms, that's providing that those are actually really heirloom seeds. Yeah, I mean, so, going um, your, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Just, so going, that's why, so like we could have chickens, but you can only have so many chickens where we live. And so like we couldn't grow our own meat chickens, but there's enough farmland around here that you could go to your own farm. You can talk to your farmer. You can ask, hey, how do you, like, what do you feed your chickens? And if you, if that person has a problem answering your, the question about where you'd be getting your food from, you probably don't want to be buying your food from them anyway. So that's my little two cents about, because yes, growing it yourself is possible, but it's not, or it's best, but it's not always possible. 100%. Ms. Shannon? So one of my, I was going to say one of my favorite forms of soy though, because I want to, I want to make sure that people understand there are some good versions of soy and um, I'll, I'm going to give one example and then some health benefits of it. Um, but again, it's not to be eaten like, I mean, there's one culture that eats it regularly, but there, it's not to be eaten every day, all the time. Um, and it's a very, it's got a very particular usage, but, and that's miso. Um, so the Japanese culture is very big on, there's different colors. There's yellow, there's red. Um, some of it is fermented, um, fermented with rice and, and so on. But some of the health benefits of miso are that it supports a healthy digestive function. And we're talking organic miso, by the way. 
Um, it supports strong and healthy bones. It supports healthy cognitive function. It supports healthy immune function, a healthy nervous system, healthy cardiovascular function. Um, it naturally uplifts your mood and it supports a sensible weight management. And on that note, I'm going to tell a really quick story. When I went to Japan, um, it was back in 2010. So it was a while ago. Uh, my friend, uh, Chi, uh, she was my college roommate and she was getting married. So I went to go over there for her wedding and she served me miso for breakfast every morning. Now she was trying to fit in her wedding dress. So that was all she was eating in the morning was miso. Just this tiny little, you know, the little cup that they give you in the restaurants. That's all she was eating. And that's all she was feeding Shannon for a while. So I, I actually lost weight while I was there because I was doing a lot of walking while I was there and I didn't starve by any stretch, but I started every morning with miso for 10 days and I came back skinnier. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like that's, that's a real thing. So as long as your miso and, and I believe in Japan, everything is so fresh. Like even their eggs, they will, it, they're so fresh every day that they'll just break a raw egg open on their rice and on hot rice and just eat it raw. That one was a little tough for me, but, um, but I, I mean, I ate some of it and that's how fresh their food is. And so that's the kind of care that they take in that culture, but they're not, they're not growing that genetically over in Japan. And, you know, they, they know how to do it and they do it organically speaking. America that's got the most genetically modified stuff. Not that other countries aren't, it's just um, in Japan, right. they do it properly. So it is a good source if you can get the organic version of miso. Um, and it really is a good, like just right before a meal, because it's going to support your digestive function. So it kind of helps uh, with enzymatic properties. So you just drink a little cup before you eat your food and it kind of preps your gut as the food is making its way through. So I just wanted to give one example of a good, a good format or form of soy. So would you yeah. recommend your people the tofu you can start? No. <laughs> Abort. Abort. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Listen, here's the other thing. I'm just going to say this real quick here. Um, you get what you pay for. If it is organic, it is definitely going to be um, ra more rare than genetically modified because the, the whole purpose of genetically modified is to grow it and manufacture it real fast and then do it multiple times a year so we can dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign the hell out of that that um, industry. So it, true organic soy is going to probably be done on smaller in smaller farms, smaller places. There will be smaller crops. They have to pay for their labor. And so you're going to pay for that. Um, and it's like anything. You literally get what you pay for, whether it's essential oils or whether it's food. Um, you know, a lot of people and this actually kind of this is where I do a lot of mindset class stuff, because when people say, oh, it's so expensive to eat organic. No, it's not. It's actually cost neutral. And I'm going to tell you why, because when you're actually getting really good, healthy food and it's true, pure organic food, it is going to fill you. So you're going to eat less and, and less is more intense. when you eat the genetically modified crap, it's empty calories. So you need more to feel full. So you just overfill, overfill, overfill. And that is why America has a huge weight problem because we can't get full because the standard American diet is full of fillers and it's genetically modified. Um, and when you look at the frequency of food too, 
that um, genetically modified food is a lower frequency. So it's not giving your body as much life as your body needs to function. When you give yourself the organic and pure foods, you need less and it lasts longer in your gut. And you're not hungry as soon as you are when you eat empty calories. So really, yes, you might be spending a little bit more on the organic stuff, but you're not going to need as much of it. And that's where we have that saying, our stomach is smaller than our eyes. We are so used to these huge ass portion sizes that we don't need. And, and that's the difference right there is it's pure, healthy, organic ingredients versus genetically modified, empty calories. And, um, you know, every time you're going to lose when you pick genetically modified because your gut is not getting the nutrients or the life frequency that it needs for optimal function. So you get what you pay for. It's interesting that you're talking about, you know, frequency of organic food versus, you know, GMO. And then earlier you had mentioned how uh, your friend took great care of killing the cow that, you know, that you would end up eating. And I know there's people that consider themselves energetic vegans. So they'll eat meat, yes. but it has to be killed in a humane way because they're concerned about those frequencies. They're concerned about, you know, how that animal lived, how that animal died, if yes. any stress hormones were released as the animal was killed. And so people hear vegan and they automatically assume, oh, that means you don't eat meat. No, it just means to them that you eat meat in an ethical way. Yes, I'm so grateful that you brought that up. Thank you. So I like to refer to myself as a purist. And that's the level of purity that I appreciate. And, and I actually just heard about that um, truthfully this year. Uh, or no, excuse me, um, at the end of 2021. Um, and it came up in a, a collective consciousness group that I was part of. And so it, the issue was, should we be eating um, vegan? Should we be eating vegetarian versus should we be eating meat? And a lot of people believe that um, whatever the frequency is of the food that you eat, and I would 100% agree with you on this, um, that if you're taking on the frequency of a cow that was like super stressed out, or even given antibiotics, you know, all of that makes the frequency lower in that food. When we are high vibing, our cells are functioning and performing and just more vibrant, right? And they are, they're optimally functioning because they're full of life and light, quite, fr quite frankly, because light is a frequency. And, um, and that's measured on a whole spectrometer. I could go on for a whole class about that. But the, the level of frequency and the higher the frequency of the food, the more life that's in it. And so I, I would agree with that. And, you know, if we had the ability to really like do well in that kind of way, like if I was a homesteader and I grew my own cows and grew my own food, I would not use any kind of chemicals on the, on the garden. I would speak to my plants, Janet, you and I have talked about that before, mm -hmm. um, you know, speak life to life. We talk to our dogs. We talk to animals. I talk to insects. Um, I, yeah, I you know, too. I will talk to my plants. <laughs> And we talked about that on another show where it's that water molecule mm -hmm. that's responding to the positive energy because there's life in it. And so I really love that you brought that up because if you pay that close attention, you will get better use of your food because it is a higher function or higher vibration um, to that. And that, but that is a difficult thing uh, in, in America. It's very difficult, but I, I really love that. So it's not about don't eat meat and be a vegetarian there. It's biblical in scripture. God gave humans meat to eat um, certain kinds. And he says, stay away from some others. And there's reasons for that too. 
Um, and I tend to follow that. Like if, if in scripture, which is tale as old as time, right? Um, if it's saying it's okay to eat meat, think about it back then, there was no chemicals. Um, and the way that they killed, they only killed when they needed to eat. There was no trophy hunting right. back then. Um, you know, they, it, I'm not talking necessarily hunter gatherer, but it's probably pretty. And, um, you know, the, there was a purpose and an intention to everything they did. And I'm going to tell you, they probably honored that life that they took. They probably in some way they pray over it. That's why we pray for our food because we're, we're basically honoring that it was either sacrificed or given to us for our life. And, and that's really the intention. And unfortunately it's more just going through the motions for some people now, but, um, but really I, I just absolutely love that you brought that up because I'm all about that. And I a hundred percent agree with that vibrational energy thing. So I have a question for, for both of you. So we know it's soy is a phytoestrogen. So um, it definitely increases, like you said, the amount of estrogen uh, that you intake. And I know, and I'm not going to name names. I know there's a particular coffee company <clears throat> that has a lot of uh, soy in their products. Um, so what what kind of things would you be looking for in a patient who is really, really heavy on the estrogen side? Uh, what complications can they have? You asking me or Ellie? Either one of you. I'll let you go first, Shannon. Um, sure. Um, well, I would say um, there's a there's a lot of different triggers for the hormone thing. So if people are really fatigued and run down, um, if they are, there's certain factors that like hair growth in places that you don't want hair growth. Um, and, you know, there's there's different identifiers, but it's depends on the hypo or the hyper side, like whatever, however, it's affecting that thyroid function. But um, when people, like I said, can't sleep very well, or sleep is disrupted, if they're gaining weight, and um, sometimes the way that they gain weight, like where the weight's coming on them can be an indicator as well. Um, let's see, mood swings, like just rapid, crazy mood swings, very erratic, mm -hmm. emotional kind of stuff that because let me tell you something, we I know we always talk about PMS and I'm going to also, now I'm not a feminist by trade, but I'm just going to say us ladies need to stop saying, Oh, there's a whole lot of women in here. You got to be careful. There's so many women in here. You got to watch out. You know it. No, we need to stop saying that because that's not normal. It's not normal to be crazy. It's not normal for those PMS symptoms. And ladies, if you need a little recipe to get rid of that you, you get a hold of me because I have a very simple and very um, uh, inexpensive drink that you can drink that will get rid of your PMS symptoms. I don't have them anymore. I don't have the mood swings. I don't have the cramps. And if I do start to get those, I know exactly where to go and what to do. Um, and I, I am happy to share that. I give that recipe away all the time because it never ceases to amaze me how well it, it works for people. Um, so those are some of the indicators that I don't believe are normal that I would be looking for. However, I would also argue that any kind of disruption to the body 
is a hormone disruption in a way because any um, our, our hormones operate our bodies like it's how our bodies function. And so if our bodies mm -hmm. are not functioning optimally, that's all something that I look at, whether it's, um, you know, the progesterone side of it or estrogen side of it, whatever. Um, so what I like to do in that case is I have a particular oil that I give to people or I, I educate them on that is a balancer. And if we can, if we can get the hormones balanced and get kind of that homeostasis state, then we can kind of figure out like what's causing it, what's throwing it off, but we need to bring it into balance first and then kind of go from there and figure out, is it a, it could just be adrenal fatigue. That's a hormone function. Um, it may not be what we think it is either. It may be echoing a thyroid issue, but it may not be. I thought I had a thyroid issue for a long time because I just couldn't lose weight. Turns out I didn't understand portion sizes. <laughs> it wasn't hormones at all, you know. Um, but again, we are just taught how to eat a lot. And if you're an emotional eater like myself, then we don't know where to stop or how to stop unless we're taught that, you know. So there's so many different things. So typically I, when I do an intake on a client, I just listen and I listen for what key indicators they're telling me. The things that they say will give it away every single time. And it helps me understand how I need to help change their mindset to adjust their, their everyday activity. And, and then if it's truly a hormone issue, it'll emerge loud and clear when we get everything else kind of balanced and set. So are you saying uh, Snickers are not good for weight loss? <laughs> That's what, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Sugar, get rid of it, please. And there's so many alternatives, natural ones. So, but don't get rid of sugar, but don't get rid of me because I'm <laughs> You're the good all sugar. sugar. <laughs> You're all sugar, Janet. <laughs> so, Miss Ellie, do you have anything to add to that? So, I don't see patients like Shannon. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, uh, but I did, they think I had like PCOS or endometriosis. I covered that in my last episode where I had that like ovarian cyst and they're just like, Oh, that that's totally normal. No, that's not totally normal. Um, but it's definitely a hormone thing. And what I found is I have cut out nearly every processed food. I drink raw milk. I make my own sourdough. I we grass fed you know, meat, um, very, very rarely will I eat something processed. And if I do, not only does my stomach act up, but then like my mood changes and everything else. And so by making those changes, a lot of my cramps and things have gone away just by eating actual whole mm -hmm. foods where I know where they come from and that I've made. Right. And I, I was going to add I love that. You're... Go ahead to the um to the estrogen issues that people can have um think about nowadays because really high levels of estrogen not only cause you to be uh sluggish and tired and mood swings headaches and very aggressive behavior and so if you think about the generation that's coming up um, that has been raised on these genetically modified soy crops um, and the amount of intake that they have of soy things. 
and look at their behavior and everybody's so angry all the time. And, you know, everybody's complaining about being tired and their head hurts all the time and stuff. That's part of it. And I know for me particularly, um, and this was way back in the day when I was like eating on the run as a nurse, you do that some you don't uh, bring healthy lunches and stuff like that. And so um, I had a series of breast tumors that were hormonal. It was caused from not only what I was eating, but also the birth control that they put me on. Um, and so I had a series of, of surgeries to remove these tumors that were one step away from being cancerous tumors because of all the hormones. So I'm just saying if we get the, you know, the population today and what their behaviors like, I think a lot of it's attributed to not just soy, but diets in general. Yes. And I, I was going to so, add to that too. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to burst everyone's bubble and my, a couple of my friends are like, man, you ruin everything. And I'm about to ruin some things for you, but, but everybody's an adult and, and we have choices. Um, but I will also tell you that as much as I love wine, wine is also a hormone disruptor. And in, in large mm -hmm. cases, because roundup, right. Um, Roundup is what's used mm -hmm. on those on those um, crops. And so finding a good organic wine is okay, but there is still, I'm going to just tell you the what alcohol does when it gets in your body can end up disrupting hormones. I have found that if I, um, if I'm drinking wine, that can really throw me off a little bit too. And I know how to read those signals, my body then I go and I, I, use, I make that drink that I was talking about and um, kind of try to get everything back into alignment. But um, when you talked about diet, that's, I know you guys know, I pound that drum about um, prime true primary care at home and, and really taking good care of your body. And so um, what I would like to say is that sure, every now and then drink your wine, right? It shouldn't be like every day all the time. But if you're going to make those kinds of choices, we make them understanding the risk or the gamble that we take. If we're not doing things to mitigate that, though, and I mean, like, if you're not doing like a quarterly cleanse, and I know that I say this, I, I beat this drum, but it, it changed my life to cleanse my body regularly because that stuff doesn't stack up and store in your body. You also, I'm sorry to tell you, need to stop using antiperspirant, like learn how to change to natural deodorant because we were meant to sweat, guys. Our skin is excretory. We want shit to come out of our skin. Shit. We want to pee shit. And we cough shit. <laughs> we okay, so when shit. we cough, it's the, we want to poop shit. <laughs> we don't want, we don't want to poop ducks. <laughs> um, but, you know, coughing. And then also lady days, ladies, that is also a toxin releaser. We want to right. get the toxins out of our body. And so if you're not sweating, that's a problem. If you stink, you need zinc. Don't throw some, don't throw some antiperspirant on because, oh gosh, it's the sweating that's causing the stinking. No, you ain't right on the inside. The more mm -hmm. you cleanse yourself, you're going to eventually over time, you won't stink and you might, you might sweat a little, but you're not going to pit out. And so um, it makes me crazy when people, number one, whenever somebody says, oh, I don't sweat. I'm like, that's false. What? That's a lie. Like how, mm -hmm. how is that possible? 
you have sweat glands and um, I don't care what the condition is like, let me at you because we need to cleanse you. We need to dry skin brush. We need to get your, your skin functioning properly because you are not vasodilating. So that kind of, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I really like to help people get as a regular routine in their lives. Because if you're regularly cleansing, have that wine because you know that you're taking care of yourself. You're not going to end up with tumor growths, even if they're benign. Um, you know, because you are not allowing anything to sit in your body and collect and turn into lumps of tissue, which is just dead cells that collect over time. And, you know, we want to pee them out. We want to poop that out. We want to sweat that out. Right. We want to cough that out. So, um, you know, better out than in is my motto. And, and I will pound that drum. And I, you know, I really, really believe in cleanses. There are all kinds of cleanses. They don't have to be scary. Um, they can be quite mild and you can do them quarterly and it will come. And you can see it even in the irises of your eyes. I can change the color of your eyes if you have a regular thing cycle. Yeah. And uh, I can because Shannon had me do a tea cleanse that she has. It's very mild. Um, a lot of people get freaked out when they hear the word cleanse because they think, they're going to be on the shitter for days at a time or whatever. But this was really mild. And of course I like tea anyway. And so um, it was, it was a good experience and I felt so much better after I did. That. So kudos to you yep. for sharing that with me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. More energy, better sleep, better function of your body. Let's clean out the junk first before we blame it on hormones. Right. Great. So, Miss Ellie, what do you think? No, I agree with everything Shannon's uh, said. And, you know, I think the difference, going back to soy for a second, is, you know, the miso is fermented, whereas like tofu and the, you know, soy milk and things like that are not. And that's the big distinction, um, along with it being organic and things like that is fermented versus not because soy was originally grown to feed animals, not for human consumption. And in Asian cultures, they don't eat it like on a large scale. It's usually used as condiment or something like that. It's not this large consumption that we as Americans have this misconception on. It's like getting a thing of tofu at the store and then frying the tofu. Yeah, the, no, the, nothing about that. And, and, the, and the people that kill me are who then fry it in butter because then they're not vegan. So then that confuses me. But then the people who then <laughs> use some type of like uh, sunflower oil or vegetable oil, which makes everything so much worse. And I'm just like, what? Why? Why? Yep. Yeah. And a lot of people even have the ideals of being a vegetarian, but they have no clue on the purity of it and like what it's actually doing. So uh, how many people actually know vegetarians that are completely overweight? That baffles me. If you're not eating meat and you're, I mean, maybe, maybe it's like a lot of fat and carbs. I, I still, I still just don't get that, you know, like, because, um, or you're, you're just eating. <laughs> and they're so healthy for you, but still, I mean, that baffles me. Like they shouldn't, they should be the group that is not overweight at all. And yet I have seen so many because they're not being intelligent about how they're like, if I'm going to give myself, if I think that being a vegetarian 
is effective or has better health benefits, then I'm going to make sure that I eat it. I'm going to eat vegetables raw. I'm going to make sure that they're organic. And I'm going to make sure that the food that I intake, if I'm going to pay that much attention to being a vegetarian and spend all the time to figure that stuff out and worry about it and, you know, make that decision, I, I don't have the time for that. But um, anybody that does like pay closer attention, like go a little bit more strict on that, really focus on what the quality of the food is that you're eating. Um, and then honestly, it will give you the best benefit. And then you could really prove to me that being a vegetarian and um, a vegetarian, what do they call us? Carnivores? <laughs> um, but right now I'm not sold. I'm not sold. <laughs> a vegetarian. <laughs> so you're the type well, of person that's like a vegetarian bacon on ice cream, right? Oh, oh yeah. Actually, I don't eat ice cream, but um, I had bacon this morning because bacon is meat candy and I have bacon and coffee every now and then because it exponentially increases my mood. However, I will say that's the only pork that I will eat and it's not every day. It's occasionally, but I love it. <laughs> I'm probably going to have a bunch of vegetarians come at me for this statement. Um, but to, to Shannon's point, if you're really want to be vegetarian or vegan and you are thoroughly investigating, you know, the organic and eating it raw and things like that, then more power to you. But if you're just being a vegetarian to virtue signal and just be like, I'm a vegetarian. So therefore I'm better than you. And all I'm going to, all you're going to do is eat Oreos and you're going to be considered obese and you can't run and you can't exercise. And, and then you get, and then it switches. Cause Oh, then you're a pescatarian one day. Like, First of all, make up your mind. And second of all, just don't virtue signal just to try and make yourself look better because that's the equivalent of wearing a mask. Preach. 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 Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love, love that it. so much. I hope everybody paid very close attention to that. So here's a question for you. Um, do you guys think that there is a one size fits all as what people should be eating? No. Nope. Nope. Um, every right. single person is different. And, and as I do, um, intakes or, um, consults with, with people, the, the whole premise of what my business is, is to listen to their particular story and to take what they tell me and tailor a plan specifically for them. I don't throw the same drug like a Z pack. I don't throw, I don't do drugs. I don't, I don't do drugs. Um, I also don't prescribe drugs. I'm not that kind of a doctor, but um, I, you know how in Western medicine, they, um, they throw Z packs at everything. They're like, Oh, you have symptoms. They sound viral. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw the Z pack at it. And it comes, it just covers a whole handful of things that you could possibly have that I'm not going to test for, but I'm going to make you take this drug and wreck your liver anyway. Um, I don't do that. I listen for what they specifically say and I figure out within the, the clues that they give me what I can do to help them in particular. Everyone is 100% different. Um, some people right. uh, never get sick. Other people are immunocompromised and need a little bit more um, complexity. Um, and maybe sometimes it's complex, but every person is completely different and should be treated as if they are. No, I 100% I, I agree. So um, if I just take me and my husband and my stepdaughter, so if I don't eat protein in the morning, 
just don't talk to me because I'm going to be a bear and I need protein to function. Um, Mm-hmm. Like I have to have an actual breakfast, a full breakfast with a ton of protein. If I just try and eat a bowl of cereal, like no, my never mind the fact that most cereal is filled with iron shavings, but that's a whole other topic. Um, yes, you know. But <laughs> my husband, he can not eat breakfast, and he's he's okay, you know. And everyone's different, and you know, I need mostly protein to survive, and he doesn't. And you know, our stepdaughter's somewhere in between, so everyone is different and just like there shouldn't be a pharmaceutical drug or anything for like a vaccine not everyone's different you can't just throw and say you know everyone has to do this unless it's like drinking water like everyone should drink water every day and that's probably the one thing that i feel like shannon would agree on that like everyone should do but beyond that i have no recommendations on everyone should definitely do something yeah, and um, I, I'm curious too if you know what your blood type is because I'm a type, and I actually need a lot of protein. And consequently, um, <laughs> and unfortunately, when I exercise, I need the most vigorous, hard-ass cardiovascular kind of workout, or it's not going to help me lose weight, or um, or give me the right kind of effects, or give me the happy chemicals, like. If it's not running or biking or something super hard, like HIIT workouts, like some people um, can do yoga or deep breathe and lose weight. That ain't me. Um, so I, I absolutely need a lot of protein. I eat protein at every single meal um, because it balances you and stabilizes your sugars as well. And, and mm-hmm. it should there should be a balance of carb, protein and, and meat. And in some cases, you can even say, anchor every one of your meals with protein. And then you could even do an individual fuel type because your body only burns one at a time. So like protein and fat, have that in a meal. The next meal do protein and carb that, that will naturally help you lose weight right there because your body doesn't have to go um, process the fats. Okay. Now what? Oh shoot. Now I have to switch burn the, the carbs, but um, I'm, I'm tired now. So I'm going to store it as fat. So if you split fuels like that, that's always a really good idea. However, protein is the anchor really at every meal. And some people find um, tofu or soy to be a good protein anchor. And it's it's really not. And it's causing a little bit. It's not that you can't mm-hmm. have it occasionally, but not at every meal. And, you know, that that's where I think a lot of vegetarians end up with health issues, too. But, yeah, I um, I'm curious, Ellie, what's your blood type? Are you O? No, I'm actually a positive. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I eat, so I could basically live off eggs and sourdough toast. Okay. And like yep, the occasional sense. red meat. And, but that's what I could live off of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, I'm the same as Shannon. And I noticed like um, there for a while, like I was just eating vegetables and I was like, Oh my God. And my sugar was so low. And I'm like, I cannot move. And this is awful. So I had to go back to adding some, you know, really good protein sources to be able to keep up that energy. Because on that note, um, I think Greg is trying to kill me. Um, For those of you that are new that are watching, (laughs) that's my husband. Um, yesterday like he's on vacation this week so every day we've been trying to do something that we never really get to do um and so yesterday we're like oh we're gonna go uh, to this 
park and it will be great. And we will take this little hike and it will be fun. And it was two and a half miles up the side of a mountain. And if I would have had cereal for breakfast, there is no way in hell I would have made it. And so today he's mm-hmm. like, really light and very easy. And we went to another state park and got lost on a trail and was another like grueling, awful <laughs> two and a half mile, whatever. So um, I'm on as of today. I'm not going to do that again because I'm going to need lots more protein. <laughs> so protein, protein super important um, for those people listening that don't know this. Protein is what is restorative um, into your body. And so uh, your tissues can't regenerate or repair themselves if you don't have a good source of protein. So it's important to make sure that, that you stay on top of that. Keep you healthy. Yeah, I know after, um, I don't know which surgery it was, but they were very big on, you know, that my parents feed me a bunch of protein to restore and help my body heal, which I was Mm -hmm. actually, in in hindsight, I was actually very impressed. They made that recommendation. Mm-hmm. That's good. They were smart. They were on the ball with that. Well, and typically anybody that does weightlifting or um, heavy exercising anyway, the whole purpose of getting stronger and building your muscle is to tear them down. So you want to kind of shred. That's why they say shred or whatever. But you like rip those muscle fibers apart. And then right after that, um, it's a good idea to either drink a protein shake, um, make sure it's not GMO, but um, you drink <laughs> or eat protein right after or something. And that really helps um, build, rebuild the muscles back up. And then it's stronger. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if a vase is cracked and you you seal it and then refire it. It's even stronger than it was before. And that's kind of the whole concept of ripping the, mu- the muscle fibers and tissue so that when you're eating more protein, it can kind of knit together even stronger. And so that's why you'll see a lot of bodybuilders eating a lot of protein, like disgusting amounts of protein, but they're mm-hmm. handling it in a very scientific and like there's a whole, I'm sure, mathematical algorithm. I don't math well, so I can't be a bodybuilder. Um, and consequently, I have no upper body strength as a result of that. But, uh, you know, I, I like cardiovascular stuff. That's what I that's the kind of exercise that I need that works best for me. But I still eat a little bit more protein if I'm doing heavy exercising, because like Janet said, there's no way I couldn't survive off of cereal or even vegetables. I would die. Mm-hmm. And there was a period of my life where I got angry if I because it was so just like, this is not fulfilling. I can't do this. <laughs> Give me some steak in my salad or something, you know? Um, so protein is definitely like, I, I have to have it. Cause that's, I don't necessarily get hangry because my blood sugars are pretty stable, but, but my um, attitude comes when I don't have enough protein. I'll, I'll right. cut a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't mean that really. I don't mean that really. I don't really mean that. I get feisty. I get salty or spicy, whatever you want to call me. (laughs) Saucy. Yeah. Kind of like some people, um, you know, like the commercials, like 
what the, what was it? Betty White used to do the Snickers commercials because somebody really grumpy and then they're like, here, have a Snickers. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like those people that uh, don't talk to me if I don't have my coffee in the morning or don't talk to me if, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm that way. Like I have to do a routine in the morning and I have to have protein cannot function and I can't do like a show or I can't think about something, you know, that requires a lot of in-depth thought process. I, I can't do it in, unless I've had protein. Like I can, I'm foggy headed. So, so when it dries, let's switch. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I would say I eat like a bird. I eat all day. It drives my husband nuts, drives my parents nuts because I'm constantly eating. I'll be like, oh, do you want me to make you food too? And they're like, we would be 400 pounds if we ate as much food as you do. <laughs> but I don't eat a whole meal at a time. I eat like small portions throughout the day. So I'm constantly eating. I'm constantly drinking and it water, not alcohol, drinking water. <laughs> um, and it's just, but I'm constantly eating. And you're like, how do you do that? And I was like, how do you not? Like, how do you, you just eat twice a day and you're good? Like, I would die. That's a, it's I that extra energy. Yep. And I have to eat smaller meals. Like, I don't bird pick for sure. I mean, I eat meals, but um, I eat like every two hours and they're probably like 100, 150 calorie meals. So they're smaller than, you know, they're not like a giant portion size. And then dinner is like the largest meal that I eat. But I function better when I don't have food in my gut. I can, um, I don't like to exercise on a full stomach. So if I'm going to exercise and I have not had any protein, I'll maybe eat a hard boiled egg and then do it, but that's it. Like I don't put any more food in my gut. If I know I'm going to be working out really, really hard, I will just, I'll pound through that workout and then I will, because I just, I don't feel mm -hmm. good with food in my body. And the larger the meal, then the longer it takes for my system to process that even at two hours, three hours, it, and, and towards the end of the day, it goes a little bit slower because of my age probably. But, um, you know, I, I am just very cognizant of that because I don't feel awesome when I, when I'm full of food and that, you know, there's so much in that to unpack like emotions and all of that kind of stuff. And I do actually help people unblock from that. Um, because, when we depend, that's a security issue, honestly, when we're eating too much and mm -hmm. we're not going to stop until we feel full or satisfied, that makes us feel safe or secure. There's a whole emotional issue to that. But if you're eating healthy and you're eating just enough to fuel for the next couple of hours, that's optimal, honestly, for most people. I was going to say with the, with the workout with food, I did that once um, where I ate first. And then I was doing uh, the reverse sit-ups. And so I bent over the machine and, you know, was going to start to do those. And my stomach was so full. I just vomited <laughs> literally all over the floor. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that probably wasn't a really smart yeah. idea. Cause you know, that bar mm -hmm. hits me right in that, right in the gut yep. area just like projectile. And I was like, Oh, well now I got to stop the workout. I once did. A, I used to go to boot. 
here and the guy that led it had a bucket in the middle of the floor and he people to work out hard enough that they had to go and use that bucket. That was the purpose because he wanted you to just completely get wasted on that workout, which I appreciate, but um, some people actually did need it. And I'm like, well, you're not going to eat lunch before you come over here again. Like eat afterwards. What's the matter with you? (laughs) So yeah, that's yeah. (laughs) I have to clarify though, you said get wasted on the workout. Uh, that doesn't mean drink a whole lot and then work out. That's not a very right. smart idea either. Do not bring a <laughs> flask of whiskey to your workouts. That's never, <laughs> unless it's St. Patty's Day and it's drunken yoga. That's that's okay. <laughs> so I just had to clarify that because you know how my brain works, and I'm sitting there thinking <laughs> I could pound bears while I'm sit ups or something. Every time I come up, I'll go. just get a drink <laughs> <laughs> until you just don't come up anymore. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Yep. That's exactly how that workout goes. So let's switch gears to uh, talk about vitamin D and where it comes from, why it's important, things to look for if you are vitamin D deficient. Because I think a lot of people have this problem because before COVID, uh, Anywhere from 25 to 50% of the population that were vitamin D deficient. We are in the COVID era and people had to, you know, stay home and couldn't go anywhere. And you had to do all this crazy shit to go out in public and still do some places. Um, that, ha- that number has actually risen past the 50% people that have that deficiency. So... Let's talk about this, ladies. Miss Ellie, let's start with you. Oh, man. Um, what if I said that I just disagreed with most of the things that you just said? <laughs> That's okay. Um, and I don't think that there's really a vitamin D deficiency problem because D is actually a hormone. And what most doctors measure is the circulating form, not your active form. Mm-hmm. And your circulating form is going to go up and down depending upon if it's winter or summer and how much sun you've been getting and things like that. Um, And synthetic, so like the the vitamin D gummies or multivitamins or things like that, that vitamin D isn't in a form that your body can best absorb or use and can actually be really toxic to your body, toxic to your tissues and things like that and cause so many more other problems. Whereas (laughs) something like raw milk that has D in it plus the retinol, which is vitamin A, and they can work in conjunction is so much better for you. And so if you think that you are low in D, I would recommend eating things like raw milk or beef liver or things like that to actually support your body as opposed to eating a supplement or something like that. Well, that's just music to my ears, girl, because <laughs> yeah, um, so as a traditional naturopath, yep, as a traditional naturopath, I heal with food first. Um, I don't just send people to the store to get a supplement like the Western medicine docs do. And I know that because I actually work in Western medicine as well. Um, But you get your vitamin D. um, So natural sources are sun exposure, number one, sardines, salmon, mushrooms, eggs, fortified milk, like Ellie was saying, fortified cereal. That's kind of iffy. You got to be real careful with that, though. 
herring, right. liver, tuna, cod liver oil. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm really hesitant to say this last one, but margarine. Um, so let's just forget that margarine piece, but that, that is something that, um, <laughs> that is one of the natural script that margarine's not natural though. I'm sorry. Um, and then it's best if taken with calcium, choline, or essential fatty acids like phosphorus or vitamins A and C, which again, you can mm -hmm. get from food, but vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. So it's absorbed into the body, much like fats are dietary fats. And um, when you, when you talk about deficiency sin, um, symptoms in infants, it's like irreversible bone deformities. That's a vitamin D. That's an obvious vitamin D um, rickets, delayed tooth development, weak muscles, um, or even a softened mm -hmm. skull in children. In adults, you could see it in osteomalacia, osteoporosis, hypocalcemia. Um, and those are, if you have one of those diagnoses, it's too late. I mean, you, you have had a vitamin D deficiency for so long that it's not going to be easy to like repair that, right. but you will still need to like take in, um, you know, adequate amounts to maintain and not have the, the diagnosis progress, I guess, if you will. But um, mm -hmm. if you have too much vitamin D, like if you're taking those supplements and you're, you're overdoing it, you are going to have nausea, vomiting, headaches, constipation, even um, fatigue, loss of appetite, excessive thirst, urination, you're going to have a lot of protein in your urine. Um, and then you'll have liver and kidney damage. So it, it is possible to overdo it. And that's what makes me nervous when your Western medicine doc said, get vitamin D supplements at Costco and you get that gigantic jug and you're taking mm. bajillions of IUs every single day because they're saying, um, and, and I'm going to tell you this honestly, honest and truly, um, whenever someone had a lab that was to check their vitamin D level, we went back and forth with the payers, um, or the commercial, uh, insurances and they stopped paying for as a, as a routine lab, they stopped paying for vitamin D. And what we mm -hmm. ended up finding was that the, the providers stopped ordering that particular lab because they knew it was going to uh, cost their patients a lot of money to have it. It was like 120 bucks and people freaked out about that uh, because they used to get it paid for by their insurance companies. Well, all of a sudden the insurance right. companies knew the game they didn't tell anybody. They just decided not to pay for it anymore. Then the providers stop um, ordering that particular lab to even check it. And they go, eh, just go to Costco and get your vitamin D3 and take this many. And, and what people don't understand is, number one, if your internal environment is not, is not in a good state, you have expensive pee now because you are just peeing that stuff out. It's, it's not, mm -hmm. you're not even getting the benefit of it. Number one. And that's the constipation or the diarrhea piece, right? That's, I mean, it's just going to come out. Um, so even if you were getting a little bit of that, uh, benefit from it, you could end up with a toxicity symptom, uh, because you're, you're just straight up overdoing it. You can't overdo it. If you eat enough in, in just food, there's never going so much in, like you can't eat enough liver to overdo it is what I'm saying. And ooh, who eats that much liver? You know, what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Who yeah. eats liver, period. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I have some stories from my childhood and I've got some PTSD. Me too. But I actually really <laughs> love sardines. I love sardines. And so that's a really good natural. Um, but you'll notice that it's in kind of the fattier fishes like salmon and cod liver mm -hmm. and um, yeah, and the sardines and stuff. So, But, you know... Um, 
I agree with everything that Ellie said. The point that I want to make is think about all the people like during the pandemic that did not go outside because they were terrified to be around other people. And, you know, getting your vitamin D through the sunlight is the healthiest thing. And it's not just, you know, can synthesize and, and process and make that on its own to keep your whole entire system healthy, not just your bones, but, you know, your, your gastrointestinal system, your muscles, all of that stuff and keep those in check. But think about the people who don't go outside, who uh, never spend any time in the sun and they're more depressed, uh, anxious, they're sad, they're irritated. And a lot of that has to do with, um, and it's the same thing as like seasonal affective disorder. And those are people that never go outside either. And so it changes your chemical structure and your chemical makeup and the hormones that you release. And so that's where you get the the darkness, I want to say, creeping into your life because you don't spend enough time out in the sunshine. I'm one of those people, even in the winter, I will put on a snowsuit, but I will still go outside and still look at the sun and still get that because you're still getting rays, even on a cloudy day and stuff, you still, you still get sun rays. And so I go outside literally all the time for any reason, but the amount of people that don't or who just completely quit going outside because the government is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And um, another kind of a fun fact, too. I, don't, I mean, I guess I should let other. Yeah, but um, some of the um, <laughs> ladies issues or like candida, vagin vaginitis, vaginosis, whatever you want to call it, um, that mm -hmm. vitamin D is very good for for that, for um, issues with that. Mm -hmm. um, and also issues with the skin, like psoriasis, eczema, those kinds of things. Now, um, my right. sister had psoriasis when we were growing up and the doctors back then told my mom, put her outside in the sun. And, and why, like, why is it that the sun was really helpful? And you know, what they said was, oh, it's just drying out the dry skin patches. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense to me, Makes but it's sense. vitamin D uh -uh. that, yep. Right. Yeah. It's what our skin needs. And if that's something that we get through the light of the sun, if you think of photosynthesis and how plants actually like draw vitamins and nutrients, and um, that's kind of how the plants thrive and survive. It's the same thing for us. We get, we get vitamins and nutrients from the sunlight and that hits our skin. And um, I'm going to get on my, my soapbox earlier and I'm going to say, stop using sunscreen. sunscreen. Uh, it is the chemicals in <laughs> yeah. the sunscreen that is causing your skin cancer. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. I actually don't use it hardly ever. I don't want to look weathered either. either, but if I use it, I will use a very natural source. And of course that comes with zinc and all sorts of other stuff, but there is no, there are no chemicals in the stuff that I use, but I don't use it every single time I go outside. If I know I'm going to be outside for hours upon hours upon hours, then yes, I will use it. But if I'm going to go outside for even an hour long walk in my neighborhood, then I will not put any sunscreen on and I wear like in nicer climates because it's not a nice climate right now here, but um, I will wear just tank tops and, and let my skin get as much vitamin D as possible. 
And here's, here's mm -hmm. what's funny about that. When I stopped using sunscreen, my, um, my skin, which I mean, I'm super Irish. I always say that I have like see-through skin. I've got very, very porcelain type skin. And, um, I actually got a tan and, and I had proof because whenever I took my watch off, you could tell what, what color I really was. My skin had never tanned or ever. And it's because I grew up wearing sunscreen and I stopped the melatonin or the melanin, I should say, from, from, you know, right. like getting the nutrients that, and that's all in your skin and everything. But, um, and you know, my, whenever I go to a dermatologist, which is not often because I don't go to doctors a lot, but when I do for a check, they're always so shocked at how nice my skin is. And it's like, yeah, cause I haven't, I don't damage my skin. I take good care of it, but taking good care of it means going out in the sun and allowing the sun to nourish it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're so spot uh, the psoriasis issue, because I know we had a lot of patients who we would try to get in to see a dermatologist. And of course, they're always booked out for, you know, eight months or whatever. And if somebody, a doctor would actually tell them the sun, or if you can't go out in the sun, go to a tanning bed. I know that's kind of crappy advice, but it is the UV light uh, from the sun or even from a tanning bed that treats skin conditions. And it's so important for you to get UV rays. And so I'm really glad, Shannon, that you brought up the sunscreen. Because if you think about the amount of people um, that it's like a massive increase in people that if they do go outside, they have to either cover up and wear sunscreen again because the government told them to, um, which is just another way of saying go ahead, use sunscreen. So it's a carcinogen. You can get cancer. Then you're industrial complex again. And we can Vicious keep cycle. you a patient literally until you die. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, and what kills me too is like the, the kids' sunscreen, they'll make in like those mm. convenient spray bottles, right? To like oh. spray on your kids because then you don't have to touch it and the kids don't have to wait. And I'm like, do you realize it's so much worse than the cream? Like, yes, the cream is bad, but like the spray is so much worse. Like if you wouldn't spray hairspray on your kid because it's flammable and the can literally says flammable, that you're spraying that on your kid's skin and you think that that's okay. Like, because it's convenient. And I feel like most of everything boils down to convenience nowadays. The, the food that we mm -hmm. eat, the way we get our water, our supplements. So I'll just, I'll take the supplement and I can eat whatever I want. And, you know, it, yeah. And um, on that note too, it's when, when we put something on our skin that has a chemical in it, it enters our bloodstreams in 20 seconds. It does not take very long at all for a chemical that you have put on your skin to get inside your body into your blood. And that, you know, then let's just, you know, go back to the whole cleansing thing because we all need it. Now, um, for years now, I have actually transitioned almost every single product I use. Um, my, my makeup is 100% natural, pure, organic, whatever. Um, the lotions that I put on my body, the soap I use in the shower, the shampoo that I use, it is all 
100% pure because I know that that's going to just continue to like dirty up my blood because it enters the bloodstream so quickly. And, you know, right. we don't really, we think, okay, the skin, we sweat, we let the toxins out, but that means our skin has pores in it. That's a lot of tiny little holes. And so if you're putting stuff on your skin, it's going to get inside too. And so, um, I, I really urge everyone listening to think about, and don't do this all at one time, but slowly but surely start to look at what lotion can I change to? Um, if you don't know, I have about a million and four recommendations for about every use. Um, I would be one of those people that companies want me to use their products so that I can tell everybody, because if I like it and I'm uh, and I use it myself, you can guarantee that I have vetted that product. And if I'm using it, and I'm a, I call myself a purist, then it is a good product. And so I have a lot of, a lot of different things that I recommend to people that they can use. And it, it's varying prices. Um, there, it doesn't, it doesn't take that much more money, honestly. And it's in some cases it's cheaper. We just think that we have to go so complex or we're just going to go and use over the counter because of what Ellie said, it's convenient. Stop thinking that way. We have start, we have got to start um, thinking about taking care of our bodies in, in the most pure and, and the best way we can. We have choices everywhere. And, and some of them are really good. Some of them are just something you can get at Target. They're not that much money, but they're a lot better than what you're using. So just start to think about what you can transition. Right. And even, even like you said, not doing it all at once, but even picking like, say, right now. And you're going to have to get used to, you know, how how your body is without the aluminum-based deodorant, you know, and go for the toothpaste toothpaste that I have. It's it's organic and it's fantastic. And I'm telling you what, it makes such a difference because it it makes my mouth feel cleaner. So that's... And let me tell you this trick. This is a little trick. You can use that toothpaste if there's baking soda in it. You can use that toothpaste in your armpits because the toothpaste mm -hmm. that I use, if I'm in a pinch and I run out of deodorant or I don't know, like if, if it doesn't seem to be working and something's working through my system or something, my toothpaste is a very particular um, brand, which I don't want to go into on this, and I, but I'm happy to share if people want to reach out. Um, I actually will put the toothpaste in my armpits because what there's essential oil in it and baking soda. And so you're getting that clean, that clean and the baking soda kind of absorbs for you, but then that essential oil is killing the bacteria. Mm -hmm. So there's no smell, but the back, but the baking soda also kind of helps absorb that a little bit too. So, um, depending on whether your toothpaste is natural and it has that in it, you could just slip that in your pits for, you know, in a pinch. <laughs> you might be now, you might be minty fresh. <laughs> it works though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try that well, tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Uh, it's such a joy having you both here again today. Is there anything else that you guys want to share with the public? Anybody? Well, I would just say. I, I deplore you all to please start looking into cleansing and really like getting rid of the toxins in your body. 
Um, there's so many different ways. There's so many different things. But I will also say, um, if you have never cleansed before, please, please, please reach out or find someone that knows what they're doing to help walk alongside you so that you don't, you know, do something that's going to be detrimental or cause yourself to be sicker than you should be. Um, you know, find somebody that can help advise you through the once you know how to do it the first or second time, then you can just take over from there. But there's so many, there's so many different indicators of a clean body. You can look at your tongue and see if your tongue is white coated, you've got a lot of stuff that you need to get out. My tongue is pink. I don't have a lot of white coating on my tongue. And that's not because I, I do brush my tongue, but it's not because of that. It's because you got to clean that from the inside out. So cleansing, cleansing, cleansing is number one. Please, please, please. I mean, we need, if you're taking your car for an oil change every three months or whatever it is, then you need to start taking care of your body like you take care of your car. Your body lasts a lot longer than a vehicle. And it will last even longer if you take good care of it. And then the other thing I would say is, Please start being smart about the products that you're using, about the food that you're buying. Um, and again, please reach out to any of us if you have any questions um, or if you just quite frankly don't want to do the research because I can guarantee you that I, I can pull out in a heartbeat. Ellie would be awesome about pulling out in a heartbeat the chemicals and the crap that's in that food. Um, I'm sure she's way fam more familiar with those terms and, the, and those um, chemicals and stuff. But you know, please pay attention to what you're eating. Be smart, be smart, care about yourself enough that you're going to start paying attention to what you put on and in your bodies. Steps off. No, <laughs> no 100%. And if uh, like, I agree with everything Shannon said, um, and my biggest thing is, you know, know where your food comes from and make friends with your farmers and maybe start a garden and you know with the world going crazy it is knowing your farmer probably isn't a bad thing at this point so knowing where your food comes from and you know learn how to can something or make sourdough or just become a little more self-sufficient because the food that you make at home is going to be so much more nutrient dense and filled with love and things like that and like I recently taught myself how to make sourdough and I'm super proud of that. And so is it the prettiest? No, but it tastes delicious and that's what matters. So <laughs> just know where your food comes from because it can make a world of difference. Just changing what you eat and being so much more intentional. 100% agree. Agree with both of you. Um, it was love with you and I really appreciate you guys me it's always a pleasure you are both beautiful wonderful intelligent females and i love you very much so miss shannon where can they find your website if they are interested in your naturopathic services so you can find me at www.creativelightwellness.org and on social media at creative light 16 and you can always reach out on um, direct message or whatever and i can direct you from that point on um and if you just have basic questions i'm happy to i'm happy to help where i can and miss ellie that love uh, i just want to thank you again for having me on Chan or janet and it was wonderful meeting you again shannon and it like this was you awesome too. yes um you can find me on Instagram at one thumb L you spell out one O N E 
thumb el or campsite.bio slash one thumb l um, my Etsy shops on there and a few other things. I have a YouTube channel on how I do things uh, with only nine fingers and things like that. So a lot of content on there and um, maybe hopefully my own podcast soon. To that, I'm excited about that. So ladies, like I said, it was a pleasure and I appreciate you being here. So for me, for Shannon and for Ellie, have a good one.